Well, good morning. It's always a pleasure and a joy for my wife and I to be at Hebron Baptist Church. And in fact, uh, we enjoyed the drive over. It was sunshining when we left Sherman, and it was raining when we got to Bells. And uh, but my truck almost can find its way here automatically these days. And uh, we've been here a bunch, and it's always a pleasure and a joy. Thank you, Russell, for thinking of me and uh, to be able to have the privilege to fill in for you. Not to take your place, I'm not even going to take your name today, all right? But it's a, it's a pleasure and a joy and, and uh, count it a, a great honor to, to be here this morning with you. Pray for me, uh, I get to preach up in Oklahoma tonight, and so uh, pray for me as I cross the Red River that I'll, I'll get to come back, okay? And uh, anyway, but uh, look forward to that as well, but it's a joy to be here with you this morning. Let me invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. Now, uh, years ago when I first came to First Baptist Church in Dorchester, I'd been there about three weeks, and one of the older deacons, and I, I didn't know all of them very well at, the point, at that point, he, and, and my wife and I always stood at the back door and shook hands with everybody who went out, and... Uh, when he came up to me, he said, now, preacher, I need to tell you something. I said, what's that? He said, well, you know why we start at 1045 every Sunday morning, don't you? I said, well, not really. He said, that's so we'll get out before noon. I said, okay. And uh, I got to thinking, well, I hadn't been letting them out before noon. And so that was his way of telling me to speed it up, son. And uh, so anyway, what, the reason I tell you that is because, uh, let's see, it's, it's 1020, it's 1128. There's a chance you won't be out by 1140 at 11:45. All right. Now I'll try to get you out before noon, but no guarantees. But I can guarantee you this: you won't be out by 11:45. Now he expected, he expected me to let them out at 11:45 every Sunday, and that uh, that happened uh, very rarely. Anyway, so that's the warning this morning. The disclaimer. And uh, we're going we're gonna to look at the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And I want to share with you some things this morning that I believe will change your life. Uh, they've changed a lot of lives. These things have changed my life. And these four things changed a man named Saul's life. And I promise you this morning, these four things will change your life as well. Before we uh, get into the scripture, we're, we're going to go through these verses uh, uh, pretty quickly, but I, let's just pray. And if you would like to stand and stretch your legs at this point, you may do so. If not, just stay seated. But let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege it's ours to worship, to gather together, to fellowship, to be in your presence, and also to feast upon the riches of your written word. Father, may you bless and anoint your word this morning. May we leave this place truly changed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, Acts chapter 9, uh, Saul uh, became Paul later, but before he was saved, before he became Paul, he was Saul. He was a, a Pharisee of Pharisees, that's how he described himself, and, and uh, uh, notorious, and he was uh, not a fan of Christianity. In fact, he made it his, his life work to stamp out this movement called Christianity or the way those who were following the Lord Jesus Christ after his uh, resurrection and ascension. And so Paul, or Saul, had four meetings in this ninth chapter of the book of Acts. 
And there are four meetings. You know, meetings are, some meetings are important, aren't they? Some aren't. But uh, some are very important. Some meetings are life-changing. And maybe you can think of some meetings in your life that, that changed your life. I remember when I met uh, my wife 48-something years ago. Is it 48 years ago, 49 years ago, whatever? Uh, it changed my life. Still, still changes my life today, by the way. And so maybe you've had meetings like that. I remember when we met our first daughter when she was born. That changed my life as well. I became a father for the first time. And so... Uh, Saul had four meetings in this chapter, and uh, they, they literally changed his life. So let's, let's begin in verse 1 of, of, of chapter 9, the book of, of Acts. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Now that, that's a description of who Saul was at that moment. In fact, if you go back to chapter 8, one, one page back, Verse 1 says, now Saul was consenting to his death. The, the, the death that Saul was consenting to was one of the first deacons named Stephen. And he was uh, stoned to death for his proclamation of Christ, his being a Christian, his, his being outspoken. And the Bible says in that verse, your Bible says, that Saul consented. That means he, he agreed with that. He was in favor of putting a man to death for his faith in Christ. And then in chapter 9, verse 1, it says he, he was still breathing threats and murder against those who followed Christ, the disciples of Christ. In fact, it says he went to the high priest, verse 2, and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, and the way means Christians, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And so he went to the to, to the high priest and asked for a letter of authorization that would give him the authority to, to hunt down Christians, men and women, bring them back to be punished, to be tried, to be even put to death, to, to, to murder them. And the Bible says in verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And you all know the story, don't you? And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, so he trembling, Saul, and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. He neither ate nor drank. Now, that's the first meeting that Saul had. And that first meeting was the most important of all the other three. Because that meeting, Saul met the Master. He met the Lord Jesus Christ. And it changed his life forever. And, and it's, in anyone who meets the Master, their life is never the same again, is it? He met the Lord Jesus Christ in that first meeting. He understood who the Lord was in that meeting. Although he was blind, he saw, he heard, 
and he met the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember at seven years old, I had that same meeting. It wasn't dramatic like that. I, I wasn't a criminal. I, I wasn't persecuting, murdering people. I, I wasn't blinded by a bright light. Uh, I didn't hear any voices. I didn't hear or see the Lord, but I met the Lord. I met the Master just the same, and a seven-year-old boy was changed. I was never the same again, and I can honestly say to you this moment that if I had not had that meeting at seven years old, I wouldn't be standing where I'm standing today. Now, I might be alive, but I wouldn't be doing this. I promise you. And so I want you to think back to when you met the master, when you had that first meeting, your life was changed, wasn't it? And probably you're in this building this morning worshiping the Lord because you had that same meeting. You met the master. That's my prayer that everyone in this room can say that this morning. You can remember that and you know without a doubt you met the master. That meeting changed your life because he changed your life. Now, you may be here this morning simply because you've been given an opportunity to meet the Master. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe that's never happened. Maybe you don't remember that time. Maybe there's been no change in your life. And maybe you're here this morning, whether you realize it or not, because you have a meeting. You've been invited to a meeting, and that's to meet the Master this morning. It'll change your life. And, and here, here's this man named Saul, a, a, a grown man, an adult, a religious man, by the way. He, he kept the letter of the law, and, and, and he was a good man morally. He was sincere in, in what he thought he should do. He thought he was doing God's will by murdering Christians. But that was his life mission. And yet, he met the Master. And from that point on, his life was changed. Now, I, I want to share with you the, the second meeting that Saul had that also changed his life. It's found in verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus, and that's where Saul was going, named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And so the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he's praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, uh, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this second meeting, he'd already met the Master. He had already been told by the Master what to do next, and he, he did. He went and he waited, and he, and he 
a man appeared named Ananias who the Lord had prepared and sent to him. And, and what this meeting was is this. Saul met a mentor, someone who invested his life in this man named Saul. When I say a mentor, I don't mean someone that tells you everything to do. I don't mean a guru, an expert. I simply mean a friend in the faith. You know, every single believer, especially a new believer, needs a friend in the faith, a friend in the fold, someone that will kind of take them under their wing and, and encourage them and become a, a friend, a confidant to them, someone who will pray with them, someone who will help them grow. And this man named Ananias, although he was skeptical, I mean, he had his doubts, didn't he? He'd heard about Saul. He said, wait a minute. You're, you're asking me a lot. You're asking me to risk my life to befriend this man who's done nothing but harm the cause of Christ. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes being a mentor, sometimes being a friend to someone in the faith is, is risky business. I mean, it's not always clean, cut, and dried, is it? It can get messy. It can get complicated. One of my pastor friends, in fact, one of uh, your, your pastors in Grayson County, uh, he, he's a man that, that really invests his life in, in people. And several years ago, a man came to his church in Sherman. And this man had been in prison. He had addiction issues. He had all kinds of issues. And, and this pastor friend befriended him. And I'd like to tell you that instantly everything just worked out fine. I want to tell you something. For about three or four years now, uh, this pastor friend and, and this man who wandered into church, it's been up and down. There have been a, a step or two forward and ten steps backwards. But, but now this, this man seems to be on firm footing. And, and the reason is, is because he met the master like Saul did. But also he met someone, a mentor. He met someone who became a friend in the faith, who would stand by him and with him through thick and thin, through the good parts and the bad parts and all the parts in between. He found a friend in the faith. I want to tell you something, uh, quite honestly. If, if someone is saved and, and they come to a church, and, and if they don't find a friend of the faith within six months, they won't be here any longer. Did you know that? That's a proven statistic. If they don't find someone who will kind of take them under their wing and become a mentor to them, they'll leave. There has to be a connection. And Paul had a connection. Saul had a connection after he met the master, a man named Ananias, who was willing to take a risk, who was willing to step out of his comfort zone and willing to invest his life in this man with a reputation named Saul. I want you to turn your Bibles real quickly, holding your place there to, to Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. Verse 17, and this is Paul, and he's been in the ministry now for years after his meeting the master and meeting a mentor named Ananias, and he's taken someone under his wing, a young preacher boy named Timothy. And he writes to Timothy and he says, Brethren, join, or to the Philippian church, uh, Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk, for, for you have in us a pattern. 
That's what a, that, that's what a mentor is. It's someone who will invest his life in someone and say, you know what, I'm not perfect, but, but, but I, 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 I try to live for the Lord, and, and you, can, you can follow my example. And, and so that's what Ananias became to this, this man named Saul, and that's what Paul became to Timothy and Titus and countless others, new churches that he started. Paul, Saul, met the master, didn't he? He was saved. He, he met a mentor, uh, a friend in the faith named Ananias. And then there was a, a third meeting, and it's found in, in, in verse 18. Back in the Acts chapter 9, the Bible says immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Here's the third meeting. The Bible says that, that Saul was baptized, and he was nourished, he was strengthened, and he spent time with disciples in Damascus. Listen, Saul met the church, the body of Christ. That third he met the master, he met a mentor, a friend of the faith, and then he met the church. He met the membership. He met the body. And the Bible says there was a result. He was baptized. He was nourished. He was, he was encouraged. He was, he was instructed. And he spent time under the teaching of the disciples, the teachings of Christ. You know, that, that's what church is about, isn't it, for believers? I know that it's unpopular. I know a lot of people say, wait a minute, you know, yeah, I, can, I can get to heaven without the church. You can. I mean, absolutely you can. But I want to tell you something. If you've met the master, you need to be in church. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here, right? Well, you can tell all the ones who aren't. We need church. I, I know things have happened to kind of disrupt things over the past couple of years. But listen, we, we need the church. The church is an essential part of our lives as believers. It's where we are nourished. It's where we are strengthened. It's where we're encouraged. It, it's where we, we find friends in the faith. I think it's very interesting. It's really re revealing that Saul did, met the master and he met a mentor in the faith. And then he went out on his own and was the Lone Ranger. He didn't do that, did he? He got in church. He got involved in the body of Christ. And so this isn't just something we do because it's something we do. It's something that is necessary. It's essential, this thing called church, this thing called the body of Christ. And so maybe this morning you've met the master and your life has been changed and, and you, you have a friend in the faith and, and you're, you're a part of the church, you're involved. Amen to that. You're on the right track. Your life is still being changed, isn't it? Maybe you haven't met the master. That's maybe why, why you're here. Maybe you haven't discovered that friend of the faith. And by the way, if you've met the master, he's prepared someone. There's someone. There's someone. There's a group of people. There's, there's a person that he has already prepared, just like he did Ananias, that's, that's waiting to become your friend of the faith. Maybe that's what you need this morning. Maybe that's what you're looking for this morning. 
Maybe you don't even know that this morning, but you need it. And, and maybe you're here and you don't have a church home. You're not involved in church. Or maybe you're just kind of standing back watching. Listen, if Saul needed the body of Christ, so do I. So do I. Now, verse 20. Immediately, he preached the Christ. This is Saul, who was persecuting Christ. Immediately, he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. The fourth meeting that Saul experienced was he met his ministry. And when I say ministry, I mean his mission, his purpose in life. His ministry was to preach the Christ. That may not be yours. But I want to tell you something. If you met the Master, you have a ministry. You have a mission. You have a purpose. Listen to me. Uh, this came as a realization to me some years back. The Lord, I didn't meet the Master. The Lord didn't save me to give me my best life right now so that I can enjoy, enjoy the rest of my earthly existence. He saved me for a purpose. I met the Master to receive a ministry, to receive a mission, to receive a purpose in life. Because I want to tell you something, everything I've read in this Bible and this book from cover to cover tells me this. My best life is not on this earth. From what I've read, my best life is in heaven. So if, if I wanted my best life, and if he saved me to give me my best life, he would have sent me to heaven to instantly receive Christ. But for some reason, he's left me here for 69, nearly 70 years. And that has to be my mission, my, my ministry, my, my purpose in life. Saul met his ministry. And he began that ministry right there in verse 20. Immediately, the Bible says, he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So if, if you've met the Master, listen to me, you have a ministry. You have a friend of the faith waiting. You have, you have the body of Christ ready to receive you and to become involved in, to grow, and, and to be strengthened and to be nourished I want you to look at verse 21. Here's, here's the result of those four meetings in Saul's life. And I, and I submit to you, I submit to myself that, that the same result should be true of my life. If I've met the master, if I've met a friend of the faith, a mentor, if I've met the membership, if I'm in the church, if I've met the ministry that he's called me to, here, here it is in verse 21. Then all who heard were amazed. And said, is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? And has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest. I mean, they were amazed. This couldn't be the same guy. Why not? He's totally different. He's, he's radically, dramatically changed. He's not the same person. He's not the same man. He's not doing the same things. He has a whole different mission in life. It can't be. They were amazed. And the Bible says in verse 22, but Saul increased all the more in strength 
and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. The result of those four meetings, meeting the Master, being saved, meeting a mentor, a friend of the faith, meeting the church membership, and meeting his ministry was a changed life, a different person. It never fails. It may not be as dramatic as Saul, but I want to tell you something. There's always a change. There's always a different person. The Bible says he also increased in spiritual strength. We're, we're, not, we're not left here to stay in neutral, to not gain strength. When we stop, listen, when we stop growing, we start dying. And I'm talking about spiritually. He increased in spiritual strength. He grew and matured in Christ. I mean, that's, that's what we're predestined to do, isn't it? To become like the image of Christ. That happens when we have those four meetings. These are four meetings you need to show up for. These are four meetings that you, need, you, you have to experience. For one thing, you can't get to heaven without meeting the Master. You just can't, you can't skip that meeting. Now, I want to tell you something. I've been in church life. Brother Russell has a long, long time. We've seen a lot of things happen in church. And, and listen to me. There, there's probably some church people that haven't met the master yet. They're just playing church. They're just doing the church thing. But you can't skip that meeting and get to heaven. You can come to church. You, you can meet a friend in the faith and you can, you can meet your ministry, but if you skip that first meeting, nothing's going to happen past that. So that's the most important thing. Have you met the Master? Have you met the Lord Jesus Christ? The second question is, do you have a friend in the faith? Or maybe you need to be a friend in the faith. Maybe you know someone who's struggling. Maybe you know someone who's, who's really having a difficult time spiritually. Maybe it's time to step up and say, hey, I, I, I'll take a risk. I'll risk it. I'll, I'll become their friend in the faith. I'll become their mentor. Uh, maybe you're not involved in church. Maybe you don't have a church home. Maybe you don't, don't have a church you call home. You can change that this morning. You can have that meeting this morning. What about your ministry? What about your mission? Maybe it's not to preach. Maybe it's not to teach. Maybe it's not to sing. Maybe it's to, to pray, to, to, to be an encourager, to be a mentor, to be a friend of the faith. Maybe it's a host of other things. There's not one ministry that's more important than the other. What I do is not any more important than what you do. It's not any bigger a deal than, than what you do. The only thing that's a big deal is being a song leader the worst job in the church I promise you that's the, that's the one thing he remembers I told him a couple of years ago Bill right the worst job in the church have you met the master have you met a mentor are you being a mentor have you have you met the church membership and have you met your ministry let's pray we're going to stand in a moment have a hymn of invitation just as I am you're invited to come, meet the master, meet the church membership, 
meet your ministry this morning. Maybe you know what God's called you to do already. Father, we thank you for this day, for this, this moment. And Father, we pray now that as we've heard your word, and Father, I pray this morning your Holy Spirit will move in the hearts and lives of those that have gathered in this room who, who haven't met the Master yet. Father, maybe they need a friend right now this moment. Father, maybe they need a church home this moment. Father, maybe they need to, to step up and, and enter into the call that you've placed in our life, their ministry, their mission, their purpose. So, Father, just have your way and your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.